Thanks for listening to the River Claremont podcast. We pray you are encouraged by today's message. For more information or to stay connected with what's happening at the river, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the River Claremont. felt prompted by the Holy Spirit to bring on spiritual warfare, bring clarity on it. How many people realize that we are in a a spiritual battle as children of God? And I want to begin by reading in the book of Acts chapter 23 verse 11. You can turn in your Bibles there. If you didn't bring your Bible, quickly download the YouVersion app and act like you knew all along. Acts verse 20, or chapter 23, verse 11 says that that night the Lord appeared to Paul and said, Be encouraged, Paul, just as you have been a witness to me here in Jerusalem, you must preach the good news in Rome as well. How many people are grateful that the Lord shows up in your life to give you direction? Anybody ever had an encounter with the Lord where you got supernatural direction? Raise your hand around me. A lot of people in this place. Amen. Felt that, brother. And it says, but the next morning, a group of Jews got together and they bound themselves with an oath not to eat or drink until they had killed Paul. I mean, this is pretty extreme right here, wouldn't you say? This is past the level of, I don't like this guy. When you bound yourself in an oath not to eat or drink until you kill the person, we've gotten pretty serious all of a sudden. Would you agree with that? Anybody in here ever done that oath? It's like the person beside you raises the bag. You're just like, your hand. (laughs) Usher, security. (laughs) Now it's intense. And I'm reading this for you to realize. And it goes on to say there was more than 40 of them in the conspiracy. And they went to the leading priests and elders and told them, we have bound ourselves with an oath to eat nothing until we have killed Paul. So you and the high council should ask the commander to bring Paul back to the council again. Pretend that you want to examine his case more fully and we will kill him on the way. I felt prompted to to start with that just to put things in, in, in clarity that the enemy is not playing games. He absolutely hates the church. He absolutely hates the children of God. He wants to kill, steal, destroy. He wants to break your hope, destroy your life. He wants to take your kids. He wants to take your kids' kids. He wants every curse of hell to come upon you, and he wants to bring as many people to straight to hell as, as he can because he's angry, he's disgruntled, he's bitter, and he's evil. And as we said last week, there are three types of people in the world. There are the righteous, there are the lost, and there are the wicked. And the lost, they're the people that are just a vessel walking around. They don't know they're lost. They don't know they're blind. They don't know the truth, but they are very much able to be influenced from both worlds. So they can be influenced by the wicked that have fully made a decision to go in the things of hell and they want to pull the lost people straight down with them. And they can be influenced by righteous people that stand and know their place. Now I read Acts 23 to put in perspective, the devil wants to break, I mean he, he, he hates you, he wants to kill you. But when we read this, we don't know what happened to those 40 yahoos that took an oath. You don't read if they just, were they true to their word and just died from starvation in the corner of Jerusalem somewhere? Or did they find a way out of that oath and say, you know what, I mean, I, I didn't have my fingers crossed behind my back, you know? We, we don't know what happened to the 40 that made an oath with hell, but we know what happened to the man that stood with the things of God. 
Exactly what the Lord said is exactly what happened. You will stand before me in Rome as well as Jerusalem because God's plan will be the plan that you see as a child of God. If you believe that, shout amen this morning. We're talking about spiritual warfare, and I want to put that in perspective. It does not matter what the devil wants to do. You just have to be aware of the fact that he is like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. So he's going to find a way in. Question that I get asked a lot, and I ponder myself too. How exactly does the spiritual world affect this world? How can demonic uh, entities without a body, spirit beings, begin to actually influence people of flesh and blood? How can they control things except for in the realms of the soul, the thoughts of mankind? If you were to sit down with a serial killer, when that kid was born, he had the same capacity to be a Holy Ghost preacher as he did to be a serial killer. But somewhere along the way in life, the right voices were entertained and let in until before long he was fully consumed by demonic agencies, entities, whatever you want to call it. So it is scriptural that there is demonic possession that takes place. There is demonic oppression that takes place. People get oppressed in their minds, as we, my, me and my wife say. In America, the demons are all covert. They're all like running around hidden. You know, Some of them are in your family, and you just don't know it yet. You have your suspicions, but you don't know. I would advise you the next family reunion, just walk right up full of faith and say, Come out in Jesus' name. And they start growling and levitating, say, I knew it. I knew it. I knew Uncle Larry was weird. There was more than just a little off with him. But in Africa, they're overt. I mean, they're bold. They're, 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 they, they don't care to hide themselves. But I'm going to give us some stories today that I don't typically share. But in the longs of spiritual warfare, I felt to kind of just reveal some things. So many years ago, I was in South Africa. And I uh, was preaching and leading teams out on the streets, getting people saved, training people up. A group of people came, were trained up, and we were going out door to door, everything throughout South Africa. And a group of them went into a household where they began to minister the word of God. And sure enough, a person began to manifest a demon. And, and so they all, you know, loved it, jumped on it. You know how Pentecostals are. This is what, we, this is what we're made for, you know. And so they're, they're like, you know, in the name of Jesus, come out and all of this stuff. And they get the person totally set free, preach the gospel to him, receive Jesus. But as they come back to testify, they tell me, you know, we, we, this thing happened. It was incredible. This guy was with us and he was just first time he came out soul winning and he was in the room. And ever since the, the, the Lord set this person free, he was so struck by the Lord. He can no longer speak at all. He just he can't even talk. And I looked at the guy, and when I looked at him, I mean, every flag was going off in me like, that's not the Holy Ghost. And so there's something you got to realize about the spiritual world that when you look at it and you perceive it is the moment it perceives you perceived it. I mean, when you see the devil in a person, the, the devil knows you just spotted him. And it's like back goes rigid. And I was like, you foul devil. Come out. And then the guy begins to proceed to, he can talk now, suddenly, you know, he can't talk. Yeah, he can talk. 
And he's like, I am, I am Jacob. I am Isaiah. I am, I mean, he's just like every Bible character you could think of. I am Ezekiel. Like, you are not any of those people. But it was a total demonic legion that took this guy over. And in Africa, these things happen. They baptize people with the intention of being baptized into demons. So in America, we baptize in water under repentance. In Africa, they baptize in water under demonic possession. And it happens because you are an entity and you can be filled by either darkness or light. Amen. And so I, I spent forever trying to get this guy free. I mean, I cast out, I felt like I cast out 20 demons, you know. And then another one would appear. Je, uh, the, my, my name's Josiah. My God, how many of you are in there? Would, 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 can, can you tell me when the last one is there? And ultimately, I never got the guy free. You know, he wound up lurking around, hiding. I mean, he was, it was the weirdest thing ever. And I remember being so disturbed by it. And, it. and obviously, the scripture says that, you know, this kind comes out not but by prayer and fasting. So I'm thinking to myself, I'm going to have to fast to get this guy free. As I'm, I'm going through this, the Holy Spirit spoke to me. And he said, uh, th this man is deceived. And when the Spirit of God spoke to me about that, it was like a, a revelation hit me. That the way the devil operates is in the areas of deception. That if he can get you to believe deeply within yourself that this is who you are and this is what you are, there's a connection and an agreement between soul and spirit that intertwines the demonic with the man. And so as an outside force, I can't come in and cast it out. Now, I'm saying J Jesus, I'm sure, could come in and have his way. Me operating in whatever limited capacity I have, I couldn't get the guy free. Because it's like telling a person, come out of yourself. To them, this is who I am. I am these things. You can see it in the demonic all the time, even within America, that it's always been about identity. If the devil can get you to agree with the identity that he has, he intertwines within you between soul and spirit such agreement you can't get it broken free from the person. That's why the Bible talks about the soul and the spirit is so intertwined. The only thing in scripture is the word of God that divides the asunder between soul and spirit. It's the word that has the authority to cut through that stuff. So how does the demonic, how does spiritual war, how does the enemy begin to pervert and take a person out? He so attacks your mind through voices around you, through a collective feeding of a society. Look at America. Look at the streaming platforms. You can't find wholesome things because the goal is not to make you wholesome. The goal of hell is to pervert every aspect of your life, tear down family structures, make Jesus out to be nothing at all until a society is manipulated and controlled. And these things happen before in Scripture. The Bible says that that's why God sent the flood. Because men thought continuously nothing but wicked thoughts. And that's why God said, well, let me destroy man and only one, knowing his family had been righteous. Which that lasted about one generation. Because the enemy never stops. He is seeking whom he may devour. That attack upon minds. So if you find yourself in life. And you are agreeing with the thoughts of hell. See, how do you get free? You've got to come to a place where you realize that curses are not your portion. Stop agreeing with what your grandmother said runs down your family line. 
somewhere in your life you've got to draw a line and say, I don't care if, if everybody in my family is tormented by this. I am a new creation in Christ Jesus, and I declare that will be my portion, and I break this. And that gives, that gives heaven the green light to separate out the things of hell from the things of heaven. You've got to get to a place. Stop identifying. You even listen of the, the homosexual movement. They're born that way, born that way. It's their identity. Let me tell you something about what's going on today. The liberal agenda and all that's being pumped on society, you can call it what you want to call it, but it's not politics. It's demonic. It's demonic because to tell a kid six years old that you can choose your gender, but you can't even get a tattoo is absolute lunacy. You can't drive a car till you're 25, but you can tell people that you identify as something that you are not is absolute wickedness. It's meant to attack identity. It's meant to, to pervert a generation until the enemy can do whatever he wants because there is no truth anymore. It's all muddled. And if the church doesn't realize cancel culture is from hell, and if any voice will be heard in my generation, it'll be the voice of truth. To pierce between the soul and the spirit and bring the truth that needs to be brought. It's not, a, it's not a hate love thing necessarily. It's just this is the truth of God. But that's the way the enemy works. Deception is a dark tunnel. How do you drive a person to suicide? You convince them night and day till they meditate on the thoughts of hell. I do not matter. No one loves me. I'm a victim. It doesn't matter if I disappear. No one will care. If I disappear, it doesn't. And all of these things that come to bombard the mind of a person. How do divorces happen? You begin to meditate. On the lie of hell, you married the wrong one. She's not the right person. He's not the right guy. He's a liar. Things were wrong. We shouldn't have done that. We shouldn't have done that. Till before long, the voice you meditate on is so big, you adopt it and there's an agreement. Once that agreement takes place, then hell has everything it needs to continue to take you down a path you shouldn't ever go down. And as a child of God, that's why you've got to guard your heart. I began to realize how the devil works. It's interesting to see, but I've noticed in my life that one of the key things he does is he tries to bring agitation and offense between you and relationships that God wants you to have. So I've noticed I have a great father-in-law, powerful in the ministry. And I have noticed how many times voices from the outside come to arise to bring a separation between us. An offense between us, whether it's their staff, our staff, but maybe not our staff, maybe they have, I don't know. <laughs> if it's my staff, repent right now in the name of Jesus. Get your heart right. Get thee behind me, Satan. But I've seen it. And it's almost like, what is this agitation? Until you grow in wisdom to realize this is definitely demonic. Because I know within me I have no separation. And I know within them they have no separation. So it's an agitation from hell meant to sever a relationship that you need. And how many people have you seen that have the enemy take them out from these types of things? The nagging. How does the demonic work? It's interesting to realize that if you open yourself up to the demonic, the demonic will very much influence the natural. It begins to change your thoughts and speak to you. Even serial killers. Why do you do it? Because of the voices in the head. 
My father-in-law was preaching a message one time at the church, great crowd of people. His microphone was giving him problems. And so he looks up and sees a guy running at him with a screwdriver. And he thinks this guy's coming to fix my microphone. Only when he looked eyes with this guy, he realized this guy is not coming to fix my microphone. This guy's got hell in him. And the moment he looked eyes, he knew something's not right with this guy. Sure enough, the guy came at him with a screwdriver right in front of everybody in the church. Tried to stab him to death. He reached his hand up, grabbed the man's arm. Of course, security was on him, and it's a Pentecostal church, so you know how these things go. <laughs> like everybody comes alive. Every woman with Young's living oil just, <laughs> I anoint thee. Get thee behind me. People are like, die jives throwing at him, thieves throwing at him, dragon throwing at him just in case it's a monthly, you know. People praying over their Zephyr Hills and spritzing it on him. I mean, they went to town on this guy. I mean, before they were done, he graduated with a Bible degree, you know what I'm saying? Like, all in one day. All in one day. We're taking you from Genesis to Revelation. You're going to repent of everything you've ever, ever done in your lobby. The guy gets saved, filled with the Holy Spirit, crying in the lobby. I'm talking revival. And he said, they were like, why did you try and stab our pastor? He said, I'm driving down the road and a voice came to me, go to the river Tampa. Someone will meet you in the lobby and give you a weapon, stab the pastor. Sure enough, driving down the road, voice comes to him, takes over, has no protection within him because he's not full of the Holy Ghost. And so sure, he finds himself, walks in a lobby and there's a second culprit. To this day, they don't know who gave him the screwdriver. Could literally be Judas on the staff. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Who is this guy? Gave them the screwdriver and walks right around the corner and just comes right at him to stab him. That's demonic. When things like that, and that takes people over within the world. If you don't have the spirit of God, then you're an empty vessel. If you're an empty vessel, you can be filled. That's why we're supposed to stay filled. That's why Jesus said in the last days, I will pour out my spirit. Be ye being filled, Ephesians 5 says. Stay filled with the things of God. See, the enemy, the spiritual world works in crazy ways. A man driving down the road can be instructed to turn around, meet a person, grab a screwdriver, and kill someone. But likewise, a person in tune with the spirit of God can be driving down the road and be told, turn left right here. Step right, stop right here, and be sent into a person's house, a yard, to get that person set free. Because it's the spirit world impacting the flesh. So what is leading you? I know the story of my friend that bought, he took a man of God out, bought expensive steak dinners, and realized, I have no money. I don't know what to do with this meal. I, I don't know why I did this. I wanted to honor the man of God, but I can't pay for it. And sure enough, praying, saying, God, what do I do? Looks up and a woman walks in the, service, in the, in the restaurant at Ruth's Chris, locks eyes with him, walks across the restaurant and grabs it, said, I was driving down the highway and the Lord told me to come take care of this for you. So the spirit influences the natural. And just as God can speak to a yielded vessel to do Holy Ghost ventures, the devil can speak to a lost, empty, or wicked vessel to do demonic ventures. And that's the battle that we're in. Now, the battle is not heaven is worried about how things are going to turn out. The battle is hell wants to break your back and destroy a generation. And you have been equipped with everything you need to stand the test of time. So stand in the name of Jesus. The demonic is weird the way it works.
It's a spiritual thing. I've traveled for years and been to many great churches and met many great men of God and got the opportunity to be in Long Island, New York many years ago at an epic church that back in the 70s was the, the most influential church of Long Island. If you go into that church, there are wheelchairs, there are crutches, there are canes that line the walls, and I'm talking a big thousands of them. There's huge walls all the way up, probably 30, 40 feet tall, just crutches, wheelchairs, everything lined it from in the 70s and the early 80s. The move of God that erupted from this place birthed many churches in Long Island. Got Catholics saved. It was like part of a Holy, a Holy Ghost just move. But what happened was in the 80s, everything took a dive. Because here's this great ministry. Do you realize that the devil, unlike God, doesn't know where heaven's going to move? So the devil can only respond. And when things break loose... That's the saying, new level, new devil. The greater you go in the things of God, the greater the attack can be because now the devil knows the threat. So the deeper you go in heaven, get ready and stir up and realize the deeper I go with God, the more I have to stay full of the Holy Ghost because I'm a target right now. That's why the Bible says that God holds those in ministry to a higher standard so that you don't corrupt the body of Christ. And sure enough, this ministry rose to great power, packing stadiums, and secretary gets hired on. Family in the church, young girl, carries a spirit of lust. And just as you can see the Holy Ghost in people in a crowd, and you can lock eyes when you have the Holy Spirit and they have the Holy Spirit, and you know it, like we said last week. So the demonic, they seek each other out. A person that is susceptible to lust, they will find each other. First day in a church of a thousand, right together. Will starts turning. The devil's already working. Corruption in the midst, trying to bring down the body. This young lady opened herself up to spirit of lust. Sure enough, before long, an affair between her and church leadership broke out. As it hit the church and it was exposed, they did their best to contain the damage. And they did it in this way. They figured cover the family, cover the person that fell with this young girl, cover it, but remove them from the ministry and not expose what had happened. Well, ultimately, that didn't seem to be the right decision because the church never really rebounded. And that young lady went to work at another ministry in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, called Jimmy Swaggart's. Within eight months of her being at Jimmy Swaggart's, he fell in sin too. Not with this girl, but with another person, with a prostitute. It's like the spirit of lust came. And when it was welcomed in and opened up, it began to pervert the thoughts of even the leadership until the people fell. I just want you to realize that the way you've got to be aware is when thoughts come, sorry, when thoughts come, I thought I stepped on your toe, Pastor Leilani, that you've got to realize when fear wants to come, you got kids, you got kids, kids, you got brothers, you got sisters, and the thought comes in your mind, whether they're going to die, something bad's going to happen. This is when fear tries to come, you've got to realize that I can either meditate I can meditate on this thought or I can stand right now with the word of God and push back. And that's what you got to do. When lust tries to come, 
People all in the church, it's like we don't talk about these things warring among us until you get taken out. You've got to take a step of faith and say, I'm not going to be the one that is brought down by hell's scheme that perverts my mind. I have the mind of Christ Jesus. I take authority over every thought, over every high thing, and I bring it into a captivity to the obedience of Christ. You've got to rise up. Because if you meditated on, because Joshua 1 says, when he was going in the promised land, be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Sorry, I went left. And then you will be successful in everything you do. Study this book of instruction, instruction continually and meditate on it day and night. Meditate. So what you meditate on determines what you have. The more I meditate on the word, the things of heaven, the things of God, stirring my spirit man within me, the greater I can stand against the wiles of hell. The more I meditate on the voice of flesh, the voice of the soul, the voice of this world, the more I open my doors to hell to have its way and manipulate and find me going down a path I shouldn't go down. That's the way these things work. When you talk about spiritual warfare, men, you got to be on guard you got to be on guard for your household. If you're the protector of your house and you let every wicked thing stream on your television and every wicked thing be said and you don't guard what goes on in your house, then why would you be surprised that hell is wreaking havoc everywhere you go? In church, we've got to realize if the enemy would, all it takes for him to take you out is to bring an agitation and an offense because maybe you came to church and you met the dude in the lobby with the screwdriver. It doesn't mean everybody in the church is the dude in the lobby with a screwdriver. Are you with me right now? And you recognize and you get wisdom, understanding there is an attack. If Jesus said the tares will grow among the wheat, then Jesus is warning the church, even within the church, there will be people planted to bring destruction. And he said these two will grow together until the angels come and harvest the wheat and burn the tares. With a fire that is unquenchable. So church, be alert. The Bible says stay alert in this hour. Do not fall asleep and recognize we're in a spiritual battle. Are you with me so far this morning? Now, I'll I'll say another one just because it kind of hits close to home. But last year our staff went to a, a luncheon, a ministry luncheon, and the guy testifying at the luncheon Worked for a very large ministry here in the local area. And he was giving his testimony about the ministry, saying that, you know, you know, he lost his wife. They got a divorce, and, you know, but he's trying to rebuild, and the Lord's starting to work in his life. And then slips up and says there were Satanists that were working in this ministry that were daily speaking things against the ministry. Now, this always bothers me that these little weasels can weasel their way in and have power over what God is doing in this hour. But it just shows you that you have to keep yourself alert. And sure enough, these Satanists were in there speaking and uttering whatever they do, and this man's marriage fell apart. Well, then the the very lead person of the ministry's marriage fell apart. You're talking about a global ministry where things fall apart because people get in within the midst on staff with a demonic agenda from hell uttering speaking whatever and somewhere along the way that thought that demonic thought begins to take root in people 
And it must be watered, it must be fed until ultimately the devil has his way and tears things apart. I told my wife, if we see another ministry in Orlando fall to this type of thing, I'm taking you on a 40-day vacation. You know what I'm saying? We ain't going to wear clothes for 40 days. We're going to be like straight up, whoa. We, we're talking, we falling back in childlike love. Amen. <laughs> I know how to put a guard against this thing. Amen. I give nowhere to fall right there. It's crazy. But it's the demonic that works bringing separation, bringing agitation with the sole plan to make you meditate on that so long that you feed it and what you feed grows. And before long, you find yourself doing things you never thought you would do. Pushing boundaries you never once would have pushed. Temperature in your heart begins to decline. And then you're led and you meditate until who knows where the enemy is going to take you. I knew a man that was a Baptist preacher. I worked with this man. He was one of the most perverse people you ever met. And I'm not, and I'm, I'm not trying to be mean, but I'm talking just perverse what came out of his mouth. What, what he would do. I mean, he would tell you and you're just like, dude, that is, I'm in the world. And I know that that's perverse. But he was a Baptist preacher before he got that lifestyle. And he just got tainted, 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 tainted. Until before long, he was just full of twisted perversion. That's the way hell works. When we say we're in spiritual warfare, it's not like we get to rise up every day and go out and chop demons' heads off. We wish. But the, it's, it's the subtle. It's the thought. It's the intertwining. It's the attacking of the soul. It's the dominating the thoughts of mankind until before long you're led down a path you don't, want, you don't need to be led down. And you've got to stand the test of time. Stand strong against the wiles of hell and realize I will not be taken out. That I will meditate on the word of God day and night. And then I will have success at all that I do. I will meditate on the things of God. If you don't get this right and people... Realize, if you read the Bible and you see how quickly the enemy can take God's chosen people and in a generation taint them until they're not serving the Lord and don't know the things of God. Well, that happens within this country all the time. Happens regularly that each generation, what one generation or tolerates, the next one celebrates. It just gets more and more perverse. And you hear from people's minds, I'm the church. I don't need to go to church. And you might be full of faith and full of wonder, but if you... Don't recognize that your children are still very susceptible to everything going on. And you don't put a priority in your household to keep them in the things of God. Then what are you allowing to happen to them in the long run? In my own personal walk, I'm the youngest of four kids. So I'm the, I'm the baby of the family. My parents met in Bible college, full of the Holy Spirit, would go out and see miracle signs and wonders, get saved, love God, pray in tongues, pray over us that God would, you know, protect us, speak, pray over angels to encamp about us. But at six years old, when I was six, my parents got offended at the church and quit going to church altogether. Now, what happens? The youngest of four turned out to be the worst. Because I'm six years old and cut off from everything in the church. Though, yeah, I have an identity in Christ from when I was a kid. Now that I'm not a kid anymore, I'm doing everything hell does. Snorting cocaine, snorting meth, taking pills, smoking weed, drinking, partying. I went the furthest away from the things of God. Meanwhile, my family's not doing it, but I'm doing it. Why? Because they had a solid foundation. 
but I didn't have a solid foundation. And it attacked and brought me down. You realize that spiritual warfare is where the enemy comes to pervert and tear you into a place of such darkness and deception that you can't see the separation and see that he's the one impacting your life. To where you come in agreement with that. If you find yourself at a place where your marriage is falling apart, your body is being tormented, your mind is being tormented, addictions are running ravic, financial duress is the portion of your family for generations, you've got to recognize this is an attack from hell and it will not succeed. What the Lord has to say will be my portion in Jesus' name. And let God begin to rip that thing off of your life till it gets deep within a person. Amen. Are you with me this morning? We realize the Bible talks about the demonic is, is it, it's at work around us all the time. But just as there's demonic, there is also angelic help. The Bible is very clear to lay out the fact that we can even entertain angels unaware. That look around because there may be an angel in the room right now. He may or may not be blonde haired. wearing a, Okay, never mind. <laughs> we can entertain angels unaware that there is angelic assistance given to the body of Christ. That when the prophet of old was attacked by an army of Samaria, I believe, that lined the hills, and the man, his servant, came to him scared. He said, Lord, open his eyes that he might see. And when he went back to see, he realized there are more that are with us because the Bible says on every hillside and every valley all around, he saw horses and chariots of fire. That is angelic assistance. So it doesn't matter how many demons are assigned to your life. There are more angels assigned to your life than there will ever be demons available. And I say that to get this in perspective. There are people that get so focused on the demonic and the attack. And you need to be aware of it. You need to recognize and have wisdom. You need to protect yourself and know when thoughts come, that's an attack from hell. I'm going to speak against it. You know, there was a season when we pastored. We've only been here seven years. Around the two to four year mark of pastoring, I went through the most mental torment you could ever go through. Where I mean daily, every voice in my mind, you are not called. You cannot lead. You are not a pastor. You are failing God. You are a joke. Quit while you, before you embarrass. Every day it bombarded me. I was the most miserable. I have, I'm a happy person. Okay, if you meet me, I'm like, that's the one thing people would say again, that you're not serious enough. Because I'm just always on joke mode. I actually have those, like, I, people meet me, you're a pastor. You're not what I expected. Well, I'm sorry. Get over it. This is me, you know, just like the greatest showman. This is me. <laughs> That's my jam. Look out, because here I come. I'm the bearded lady. Watch out. But it bombarded me. I'm talking to the point. I mean, miserable. I just wanted to quit. And then this whole thing played out where a person, sure enough, family in the church comes forward finally and just lambasts me. You're doing everything wrong. You're not called. You're not a pastor. You're a failure. You need to quit the ministry. You need to step down. You need to hand the church over to us. It was like dumped on me. 
And we had to ask the person to leave the church. It was the most heart-wrenching thing I've ever gone through. And the moment they left the church, within a week, I realized, I don't feel what I was feeling. I actually feel called of God right now. And you see how the enemy works is he puts people in your life to make you have problems you've never had before. That's not your problem. That's not God's plan. That's not God's opinion. If God calls you, he anoints you, and he is with you, and you stand your ground. And realize, see, that's the way the things work. People let other things come in. Why is gossip a sin? Because it's a demonic open door for someone to agitate you to make a problem that doesn't exist. And you got to put the guard up and be like, that sounds like a lie to me. And recognize, man, some of the things that go on within me, that's why I put a guard about who do I hang around. That's why I put a guard about what do I feed on. That's why I meditate on the right things. That's why I surround myself. I must have reached out to constantly just for, like, support from people that I trusted. Am I called? They were probably, like, sick and tired. Like, be a man. <laughs> do the right thing. You know, put, put on your pants. Stop saying, am I called? But it was a torment upon my mind. That the moment that thing was dealt with, then you realize there's reprieve. I can breathe again. That's what spiritual hell feels like. That's the attack of hell. That's the demonic, bombarding, oppressing. And you've got to rise above that through every weapon necessary. And one of the weapons necessary is the angelic help of God. Psalm 91. Are you ready for this? You ain't ready for this. Look at your neighbor and say, you ain't ready for this. Psalm 91. I love this chapter. It says, those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. Rest. Shout rest. rest. Faith is rest. See, it's like what does spiritual warfare looks like? It looks like taking a nap on a boat. When the wind is tormenting and the devil's trying to give you fear and you're like, where's a pillow? One of the most spiritual things you can do is drink some warm Horlicks milk and lay down and suck your thumb for a nap. Amen. Come on. Talking to someone right now. Mm-hmm. Like go into the happy place. Really, think about it. If the battle is the Lord's and he goes before you, then the best thing you can do is take a nap so that he takes care of it before you even get there. Faith, the faith is rest. I remember one time the, how clearly the Lord told me that because it's like we needed, a, it was when I worked for RMI, we needed like a miracle financially. Talking like we need 200 grand by tomorrow or no one's getting paid and I'm the finance director and we're looking at the numbers and there's no reprieve and what are we going to do? And we have a prayer meeting and everybody, you know, Pastor Caleb, well, I wasn't even pastor, just Caleb, you pray, you know the situation. So I get up and you know me, I'm a loud, you know, person. So, I mean, I pray like you've never heard prayer, but you've never heard this. I'm pulling on every great prayer I've ever heard. Father, I thank you from the north, the south, the east, the west. I call in the angels of God. Bring forth heaven. The camels are coming. The ravens are flapping. I mean, I'm, I'm going. I mean, people are on their feet. Whoa! I mean, I was like. I had the whole place just, we're breaking through. I sit down afterwards and I feel just, just chum with myself. Now I know God's going to move because I just prayed 10 out of 10. And you know what the Lord said to me? I mean, no longer could I sit down. And the Lord said to me, 
That looked an awful lot like the prophets of Baal. The only thing you didn't do is cut yourself. And I was like, I felt this big. I went from I just prayed heaven down to I am literally but a worm. And I said, what are you saying, God? He said, does your child wake up in the morning and say, Father, I call Food into the house from the north, the south, the east, the west. You're bringing in Cheerios. You're bringing in Pop-Tarts. I loose the angels of God to bring in cupcakes. Do they ever do that? And I'm like, no, they just trust that I'll bring it. And they were like, he was like, exactly. And I said, so what is the key? And God said, Caleb, faith is rest. You rest and I take care of the issue. You hand it over to me, and you will see what a warrior king looks like. I will go before you. I will make a way where there is no way. I will make the crooked path straight. That's the God that we serve, that the mountains still tremble when he moves. Ah, woo. That's just the first two scriptures of Psalm 91. Ah, I feel like I can run around the place. Jesus. Woo. <laughs> this I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge and my place of safety. He is my God and I trust him. He will rescue you from every trap and protect you from every deadly disease. Somebody shout amen. amen. You can release whatever concoction you want to release. But if the children of God are on planet Earth, you can make it airborne. You can make it injectable. You can give it in pill form. But you will find an army that does not bow to those things in the name of Jesus. He will protect you from every deadly disease. He will cover you with his feathers. He will shelter you with his wings. His faithful promises are your armor and your protection. Do not be afraid. Say, do not be afraid of the terrors of the night, nor the arrow that flies in the day. Do not dread the disease that stalks in darkness, nor the disaster that strikes at midday. Though a thousand fall at your side, and though ten thousand are dying around you, those evils will not touch you. Just open your eyes and see how the wicked are punished. If you make the Lord your refuge, if you make the Most High your shelter, no evil will conquer you. No plague will come near your home, for he will order his angels, shout angels. He will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. Amen. How can Christian headbutt an F-250? Because an angel took the full brunt. He shouldn't be alive, but God. In the morning service today, a family totaled a car, but God. Driving in today. I felt prompted in my spirit. I'm leaving my house and I began to pray. Father, I pray angelic protection upon every river member traveling to church today. They will not be harmed in the name of Jesus. I get here and sure enough, a text. Someone was in a car accident, totaled the car. Both are okay. And they were in the nine o'clock service. Thank God for angels. Amen. We have more on our side than the devil has on his side. You huff, you puff, but we are on a foundation that is secure. He will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. They will hold you up with their hands so that you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. You will trample upon lions and cobras and you will crush fierce lions and serpents under your feet. What are the two things the scripture uses to describe the devil? He is as wise and cunning as a serpent 
And he is like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. The Bible says you shout me. Shout me. Who will trample upon him? You will trample upon him. You will crush fierce lions and serpents under your feet. And the Lord says, I will rescue those who love me. I will protect those who trust in my name. When they call on me, I will answer and I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue and honor them and I will reward them a long life and give them my salvation. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So one of the weapons, if there is the demonic and it is real and it goes on and it influences men perverts their thoughts, even corrupts and possesses certain people to where they do things they would not have done without that demonic possession. Oppression comes and bombards a mind from a demonic realm so strongly that it takes a person down a path they shouldn't go down. If that exists, also know this, there is angelic assistance. That the angels of God war at our side, that they go before us, that they are our protection so that no fiery dart of the enemy can be taken can find its way in. Remember, as a little kid, every time my mom would drop my brother off to go play at my friend's house. And you know how redneck kids are. When we get dropped off, we're like 10 years old. We have our 12-gauge shotgun and a bow and arrow. Because it's like, that's what we do on the weekends. Like, what are you going to do? I don't know. Kill something? All I can say is bald eagle's pretty tasty. It was a little better this time. The first service, like, they were about to hang me up for that. They were like... How dare you eat bald eagle? What's it taste like? A little bit like snow owl. <laughs> you know how kids are in the country? I mean, we don't, it's like we don't have video games. We have firearms. And we go out into the woods and we find something that moves. Boom, 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 boom. What was it? A squirrel? Can you cook this, Mom? Yeah. I'll figure it out. Just for the record, squirrel's actually delicious. But I remember my mom praying every time as we drove away. Father, I thank you that there are angels encamped around my boy, that no weapon formed against him will prosper, that he will be safe, he will be protected, and no accident will befall him. I remember as a little kid being impacted by that, thinking every time you drop us off, you pray that. Well, listen, I drove a truck off a cliff. I, we, I was in a Fiero that flipped seven times. I mean, I wrecked a boat. Every bit of it, I walked away with nothing more than a scratch. Why? Because I had a mom that said, I thank you, Lord, that there are angels encamped around my dumb boy, that one day he will not be a dumb boy anymore, but one day he will see the truth. And she prayed until the Lord saw me through to the end. Thank God for angelic help. One of the assignments angels have, according to the Bible, is they come to protect us. They are a protection for us. They cover us. They surround us. They are a hedge of protection around us so that the enemy tries to find a way in. But the angels of heaven, when, when welcomed into a household, protect that household so that even if you fall, as the Bible says, and dash your foot upon a rock, you, they will bear you up so that you do not get taken out. Amen? Anybody in here ever felt, man, the Lord protected me? Anybody in here have done something and you realize I might die right now? And then what? You walk away. Why? Because the angels of God are on your side. Amen. Thank God for angelic help. The devil can plan. He can plot. He can have his minions. But we have our army too. And our army is better than your army. We are on the winning side. Amen. Amen. We're talking about spiritual warfare. And I felt to bring the understanding. The demonic realm is very real. But so is the angelic realm. 
The angelic realm is a protection upon the body of Christ. That where the angels of God are, the enemy cannot find a way in. The angels of God are not little naked babies with bows and arrows flying around. They are warriors. They are warriors. The Bible talks about when Daniel spoke out and said, what was the delay? They said there was a fight and a battle in heaven. And as you prayed on earth, the angels of God overthrew the enemy in the realms of the spirit. So there was power in the children of God to pray, to speak things out. Another aspect angels play in the Bible is they are messengers of God. They bring messages of heaven. If you ever find yourself having an encounter with an angel, you fall on your face and you're terrified. But they bring clarity. God still sends forth angelic voices, angelic visitations to give messages to the church. You read Mary. We talked about it. When Mary was there, an angel named Gabriel showed up and told her, this will happen. She said, let it be so. It was, it was so. Angel visited Joseph, said, do not divorce your wife. An angel found Gideon hiding in the, in the wine press, scared of what was going on, and spoke into him. You're the man that God is raising up to bring deliverance. An angel visited Lot and pulled him out where God was about to destroy. There are angels on the side of the church. Amen. In fact, even when you read the letters to the church, it is addressing the angels of the church that are your protection. That if you stay in your zone, the angels of God are on your side. And they fight the battle for you. Somebody shout amen. amen. Hallelujah. That means even when you fail to plan, his plan still succeeds. They are messengers in the Bible. They give the direction to the church. And lastly, the Bible says in Hebrews 1.7, regarding the angels, he says he sends his angels like the winds and his servants like flames of fire. Therefore, angels, angels are only servants, spirits sent to care for the people who inherit salvation. Or in the King James, the heirs of salvation. So the angels are actually sent forth to minister and to serve the heirs of salvation. Who's an heir of salvation in here? Half of us. Praise God. Maybe by the end of the day, we'll all become an heir. Goes right back to what I just said. You want to fight the battle right? You have to stay in faith. Because you are saved through grace by faith. That's why Jesus said the question isn't not whether or not I will answer. The question is when I return, will I find faith on the earth? The heirs of salvation are the children of faith that stay in faith because in faith we please God. And in faith, the angels of God are loose when we pray. When we pray, man, we are not just praying and hoping something works. When we pray and we say, Lord, I loose the angels of God to go forth. May the ministering spirits of heaven bring light into dark places right now. May the things done in darkness be exposed in this hour by the angels of God. May everything that is hidden come to light. May the children of God be protected. May you cover my household in the name of Jesus. When you pray that, you are loosing the angels of God to go out and war on behalf of the church. That's why the devil does his best to get the church to be quiet, to feel defeated, to feel like you don't have power and God doesn't listen to you. What did Psalm 91 say? He said, those that call out to me, I will hear them and I will answer. Man, stir it up this morning. Talk about spiritual warfare. We're in a battle. We're in a battle for this generation. The devil wants to tear down the youth. He wants to pervert their thoughts. They're saying now that 40% of Generation Z doesn't know their sexual identity. 
40%. Number one, I bind that statistic because I can tell you where it came from. Straight from the butthole of hell. That's right. I sometimes say things people don't think I'll say. And you can take it and put it right back where it came from. Stick it where the sun doesn't shine. Because 100% of this generation is going to encounter the glory of God one more time. Jesus. Bind every lying spirit of hell. Your truth is not our truth. Your plan is not our plan. Your ways are not our ways. And you will not take our youth in the name of Jesus Christ. Woo! Feel that one. <laughs> Stay in faith, church. Stay in faith. Be wise and understand there are attacks that come. Be wise and understand that when the thoughts come, recognize it as an attack from hell rather than something to meditate on and give place to. To where you start creating the list and be like, maybe that's true. Maybe they do think that about me. Maybe they are saying that about me. Maybe I am that way. Maybe I can't live this life. Maybe I am lost. Maybe I'll never get it right. Maybe I am without hope. Maybe I am beyond measure. Maybe I'm not the one. Maybe God doesn't love me. All of those things are just the beginning of the enemy's attack to try and pervert and control you so that you meditate on that and that becomes your reality. And that agreement takes place. But if you ever come to that place, and maybe that's you, you've been bound up, bound up in drug addiction. And it's like every time you try to break away, you can't break away. It always wins in your life. Maybe you've been bound up in anxiety and depression that weighs upon you. And it's like you are literally up and down type person. One day you're excited. The next day you feel like you could end your life any moment. And you're just barely hanging on. Do you think that that is God's plan? You've got to realize that is not the plan of heaven. That is not the story the author and the finisher of my faith has written for me. He says, I know the plans I have for you. They are plans to prosper you, to give you a hope and a future not to harm you. But if that's going on in your mind, you've got to realize and get to the place where you cry out like the woman with the issue of blood. I've tried everything else. I've been to this doctor. I've spent all that I had and I've not gotten better, but I've rather grown worse. But Jesus, Jesus is still alive. Jesus is still well. And you get to that place where your heart comes alive to him crying out. And if you cry out from that place, that's when heaven rushes in. And everything can change in a split moment. I can tell you from my own testimony that God still saves, sets free, and delivers today. That the devil is lost, he is defeated, and he is beneath the feet of every child of God. He does his best to manipulate, to pervert, to drag as many people with him as he can. But if you grab a hold of the things of God, you are no longer the person tossed to and fro, as the Bible says, by every wind and doctrine and every cunning craftiness of man. That you become a person firm upon the foundation of heaven that can recognize an attack when it comes and put up the hand of God to stop it ahead of time through the power of the word and the spirit of heaven on the inside of you. I'm going to ask for every head to be bowed and every eye closed this morning. Thanks for listening to the River Claremont podcast. If you'd like to partner with us in seeing lives touched and changed by the love and power of Jesus, you can give online at www.riverclaremont.com. 
Your prayers and financial support are changing lives.